Hi, gorgeous. This is episode number 139. Hi, this is Frank Bria, and you are listening to Heart Cells Podcast with Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy. I'm so delighted that Frank Bria is back on the show today. We talked about high ticket selling made easy, how you can provide a ton of value and also ask for a ton of money. And that was in episode 138. So if you have not listened to it yet, I highly recommend it. And today we are going to deepen our conversation in having the conversation about more impact with your high ticket programs. Frank Breer is the author of the internationally best-selling book, Scale, How to Grow Your Business by Working Less. And he is also the go-to authority on scalable program design and execution. So if you are looking to have a high-ticket program, Frank Breer is definitely your go-to person. He has helped thousands of entrepreneurs design and execute their high-ticket programs, and he can do that for you too. So listen in how we are talking about high ticket programs, the fun you can have with it, and how you also can create more impact in the world. Well, I am so happy to continue or to have the next interview with you, Frank. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me back. I appreciate it. Yeah, I love the high ticket conversation because it's not just about adding revenue to the company. It is about creating massive, massive value. And you mentioned in the first interview that you always try to 10x or even 20x from the value proposition of what the customers are paying. And for so many people to wrap their hats around it and to understand that this is a high ticket program, a group program can be so much more value than a one-on-one coaching. Right. Because people are asking questions, right? They're in a community. There's maybe more accountability there. You know, friendships can be formed, maybe GB partnerships or whatever. So I really love that approach. Yeah, we, we actually find that a group program, there's three things about a group program that create more value and are more effective than one-on-one coaching. First of all, um, because it's a group program, you have to design very specific milestones. Everyone's got to sort of stay together. So what's really nice about that for you as the entrepreneur is that you don't get sort of dragged off into side projects. This happens a lot in one-on-one coaching when you've got kind of a, a, a path that you want to take the entrepreneur down or your, your client down. And what ends up happening is that they get distracted or pulled off in different directions or have kind of questions that go off in other areas, which is nice. It's nice support, but oftentimes it gets you off track. So in a group program, because everyone's kind of doing the same thing, it, it keeps you much more focused. It keeps you kind of, as I say, like between the lanes, <laughs> yeah. you know, on the road. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's the first thing. The second thing that we find is that um, the, the group dynamic itself, and you brought this up in our last conversation, um, the group dynamic allows you to hear and learn things that you wouldn't otherwise learn. You hear other people's experiences. They're asking questions you never would have thought of. Um, and so you're getting this, this networking community of learning, which is really important. Just like you said, the JV potential, uh, the, the networking potential in and of itself is, is really quite solid. Um, one of the things that I learned when I did a lot of Fortune 500 work is – 
that even those Fortune 500 executives want to be in groups. They want to network. They want to be in peers. We, we oftentimes, you know, in, in the small business space think, well, you would never put a Fortune 500 CEO in a group program. And actually you do. And I've run them. Uh, they, they would actually rather be in a group than on their own because they feel like if they're just on their own, it's not as much of a use of their time. They would rather spend that hour talking to and listening to 10 or 15 people than just one. So that's, that's the uh, second important thing. And then the third is that if you structure, and you have to build this in, but if you structure the group program appropriately, um, you have opportunities for your clients to basically teach back what they've learned to others. And we know that in learning theory, um, one of the ways that people really understand a skill is when they teach it. It's not just using it. It's, you know, first you have to hear it, then you have to do it. If you teach it back, then you really, really, really understand it. It's really in your head. And so uh, it, the group programs are an amazing place to be able to do that. When you have a, people on a call, someone asks a question and you go, Christine, you were just actually solving this problem a few weeks ago. Do you want to walk us through how you took care of it? And then you have an opportunity to teach back and then become more sort of embedded, not only in the process, but in your own success and your own win. Um, you can't do any of those things in one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, and a lot of people think, well, but I still get to customize and tailor everything. Um, but that's not always a good thing. You know, getting people to, a, to a, an endpoint and, and seeing the momentum, that's really what creates value uh, for clients. Yeah, I love that. And also we talked about having a vision of the three years. Even your program might be a year long. You always have that long-term vision so you can show people, well, that's the mountaintop where we're going to and we're going to start here at Space Camp. So I really, I, that's something I took away because it's, you know, sometimes we just take it for granted. We know and therefore we might not express it. But it's so important to tell your client because they might not see your vision. That's a really wonderful thing. So when you started to create your group programs, um, I'm quite sure you had to talk to people to get them in, to show them the value. How yes. did you deal this rejection? Rejection. Oh, you know, um, <laughs> that's, that's a thing which I don't know. Like there are some people, I guess, who are pretty... Uh, immune to that. You know, they're just kind of like, oh, they said no, moving on, next person. There are some natural people who are, I am not one of those people. <laughs> I take everything very personally, probably too personally for my own good. And um, I found that, uh, you know, the, that feeling of, of rejection, that feeling of when someone says no is kind of like a mix of two things. I, I kind of, when I sat down and kind of analyzed what I was thinking, what I was feeling, there's kind of two things going on there. One, obviously there's this feeling of personal, well, you must not like me or you must think I'm stupid or whatever, right? You're not taking the program or, um, and, and then all of the other things that go with it. Like when people are getting businesses started and I've been here too, you know, you're like, oh, but I needed that sale. Like I need the cash flow. And so there's all this scarcity and worry and fear, right? That comes into it. But the, also there's this other part, which I was feeling, which was like sadness for the person kind of stepping away from what they could do. Um, because of the way that I sell, because of the way that I talk to people, 
so much of that conversation is built around potential because they come to me and they say, you know, for example, I have this, um, this uh, health and wellness program that we deliver through a video and, you know, we have this PDF and it's, you know, $297 and that's what we do. And then we sit and we talk about how that could actually be a $5,000 program or a $10,000 or a $15,000 program. And for the first time, they see the potential in themselves and then their own scarcity sometimes and their own fear kicks in and they decide to walk away. And so there's this portion of being really sad that all of this great opportunity is going to go away. And I was feeling both. Um, and I had to give myself a good talking to, you know, and, and realize that the second feeling is more important that the thinking about and understanding the, uh, the loss of opportunity for my prospect, for my potential client is really the thing that should be motivating me and not any of the other stuff. And I don't do it perfectly. I mean, I'm, I don't know anyone who does, but, um, as I started to get into conversations, I started to realize that that same fear about people walking away from their potential was also the power in the conversation. And so if you take that, that feeling of, oh, I, I want this for you, like I want you to, to get this amazing thing, and you can turn that into the positive in the middle of the conversation, you can actually take that same emotion and leverage it because then your prospect feels it. The person in that conversation feels it. They feel that you're signed up for them. Um, I remember one as one of my clients when I first talked to her and, and she was uh, just in the sales conversation. She is an organic farming expert, wants to help people sort of leverage the power of, um, of natural foods without processed chemicals and additives and stuff in order to cure a disease. And she's had experience where you know, just using better, just using organic foods and, and getting away from some of these processed chemicals is actually curing people of, um, you know, anti or inflammatory disease and autoimmune diseases they've had for a long time. And she told me on the call that she was scared um, because she's never done anything big before. It's always been just sort of talking to people, but she had a vision I said, you know, where, where is this taking you? She had already picked out property to build her nutrition center. You know, this is a woman who literally hadn't even sold anything for more than $300 yet in her life. And she had picked out <laughs> where she's going to build her farming nutrition center, education center. She had the whole thing laid out. And I'm like, that, that's it. Like, that's the ticket right there is to have that sense, same sense of, of vision and power. And, and it's that kind of thing that I try to take into the conversation so that, you know, if people say no, you're sad for what they're walking away from, but you can leave all of the personal baggage behind. Yeah, that's, a, that's such a good point. And also, I mean, when they come and talk to you, you as a potential coach or mentor, you see their potential. Right. You see what they can't really see, what they might feel inside. That's why they showed up at your doorstep to figure out if it's a match or not. Right. And yeah, definitely. I, I have those moments too when I really feel sad for the person. There's one really powerful thing that I've learned some years ago is that if you have never invested at that level that you want to ask, that, you know, there's no way you will receive that. 
you That's have it's to very put difficult. yourself into those shoes. And if you have, you know, had the fear and the, the, you know, maybe the feeling of being scared and signing that contract or sending, you know, giving your credit card and having such an amount on there that just scares you. Right. Um, you, you, it's kind of hard to imagine that for your clients when you start asking for more if you've never been there. For sure. And, and, and uh, as a bigger point, um, just being able to recognize the value of the thing that you're trying to build. So I remember um, we had one conversation with someone who um, was trying to move away from one-on-one coaching into group coaching because the, he had run out of time completely. And so he asked us, um, and at this time I had um, my saleswoman working on that particular call, but I listened to the call later. Um, uh, he asked her, okay, so how much time do I get with Frank one-on-one? <laughs> and she said, uh, none. <laughs> it's a group program. And he's like, he said, well, I really don't, um, I don't know that that's really a good idea. I, I, I really am looking for kind of one-on-one time with Frank. <laughs> And uh, my saleswoman, her name is Francine. She's like one of the most brilliant sales ladies I've ever worked with. She said, so let me get this straight. <laughs> You're looking to get rid of one-on-one coaching because you think it's a waste of your time and you want to hire somebody who just does one-on-one coaching. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you value the thing you're actually trying to build, which is leverage and community. And he sort of sat there for a second. He's like, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So we do, we all have to learn to value the thing that we want to invest in. And sometimes that means we, we need to do it ourselves. The point that you made about uh, investing at a level that you want to ask for, I think it's true. I think people who have never um, invested at a high level have a very difficult time getting inside the mind, you know, psychologically understanding the prospect who's across the desk from them um, because they've never gone through that heart wrenching. What if I lose this? What if I fail? You know, um, that's one of the reasons why selling something for low ticket is not, I mean, it's, it's a lot of people will tell you and I, and I agree that it's actually just as much effort to sell something at high ticket than it is at low ticket because at low ticket, you're automatically sort of thinking, well, how much value is this really? If it's just a hundred dollars, you know, how much could it really be worth? It's really worth my time. Um, but but it's a different thought process and you really need to understand it if you're going to start selling at that at that level. Yeah, and you need to sell a lot more tickets at $100 than at 10,000. Yeah, just from a business right? model perspective, yeah. the numbers are just crazy. People think, "Oh, well it'll be easier." Like, yeah, but in order for you to pay your bills, you're going to have to suddenly have a client base of like 100 people almost instantly. Um, and can you go from zero to a hundred people? That's a, that's a lot of onboarding. That's a lot of customer service. And even if it's a, you know, Oh, well, I don't have to do anything cause I'm just giving them a PDF. Oh no, there are, you know, there are customer service questions. People, uh, you know, wanted, they lost their password to the membership site. Like, there's a lot of stuff you have to automate pretty quickly with that business model. It's, it's not as um, easy as a lot of people think it is. Yeah, and you have to put the effort in and selling it, right? You have to have a sales page explaining what people get. So having one-on-one conversations and really understanding like your market. I think I, I love these conversations because I always find out where are the real struggles. Right. 
Like if you have if you have automated it and you have a huge client base, well, perfect. That's nice additional income. Mm-hmm. But if you're at the place where you do coach one on one and you really want to move into high ticket, this is a brilliant starting point to have conversations, to get really, really clear and to map out something with amazing value that you can ask for the high ticket with ease, right? Not being scared, like it's too much. Just if you provide the value and you can communicate it, people will see it. The right people will definitely see it. And right. Yeah. So it makes, yeah. it, makes it easier. It's so what, true. And, and one of the things that when, when we teach people how to launch, we have them use a validation process, which means you talk to real human beings. We don't, don't just throw up a sales page. Don't just throw up a, you know, because all of that, you, you pointed that out correctly, all of that's automation, but you have to automate something you know actually works. If you don't yeah. know it works, you wouldn't automate it yet. It's a lot of people do that way too early in the process. Yeah, to- totally agree. You try to make it easier for yourself and then you haven't found the right angle or the right benefits. Right. They might be there, but you're not communicating them. Right. So that's exactly. really, really interesting. So what was the first thing you ever sold? In your uh, life, like ever, not, yeah, not your 600,000. Uh, I, <laughs> I was 11 and we made, we made little dolls out of pom-poms. <laughs> that was the first thing I ever sold. And actually, it's the first time I, I hired an employee <laughs> at age 11 and uh, had a little cash box. Um, this is, I was a complete nerd as a kid. So when I was like uh, 10, 11, like I knew that I was, I liked business. I had this closet, um, walk-in closet as a kid and it had a, a shelf at about chair level. And uh, I set my office there up. I had like pens and paper clips and literally for my 10th birthday, I got office supplies as a birthday gift. <laughs> so yeah, we, we made little pom-pom dolls and sold them <laughs> on the, you know, sold them to neighbors and stuff like that. <laughs> so do, do you think that you are a natural salesperson? You know, it's really funny. Um, until age probably 25, I would have said, no way. I was like a teacher. I was a, um, an introvert. I was like, you know, sales was not the thing. And I have a younger brother who is like the quintessential sales guy. He's the, you know, very, uh, out there, like, uh, assertive, like, Hey, let's go grab dinner. He's, he's so natural at that. And so I always kind of looked at that. I'm like, well, it's not me. I'm not really that guy. Um, but when I started in consulting, I recognized this consultative sales process. And I had had this idea in my head of like the used car salesman kind of yeah. process. And that's not the same thing. And it was interesting, it's fascinating that everything that made me a good teacher turned me into a good consultative salesperson. And so now I look at it and go, oh yeah, you know what? I guess I was a salesperson all along and I didn't really know it. From that perspective, I wouldn't have identified it that way. But no, I, I would have assumed I was more the back end, you know, business model strategy, work in the spreadsheets, you know, kind of thing. Cool. So you already knew at around 10 that you were made to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, I I did. And I and um I didn't really seriously consider it as a as as a thing um for a long time. And uh, even when I was uh, in college and get, you know, working on my PhD so I could go teach math, 
I still had some business on the side. And I've always, even when I've had full-time jobs, I've always had some side gig going on. And so it took me a while to like figure out, oh, <laughs> that's really where you are. Like, you know, I was probably into my early 30s before I figured out that out. But um, yeah, I, I would say there's been an entrepreneurial streak in me for a while. That's so cool. I, I just love it. Like how, it, when you look back, how things come together that you just haven't seen. <laughs> right. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, you know, that everything makes, makes sense. And, you know, along the way, when we, when we grow and when we get to our next level and we become the better person and all of this, usually we do have um, mentors or coaches well, support in some way, shape or right. form. What, what would be a book that has changed your life or influenced your life in a, in a big way? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, I, I, one of the books that changed my perspective on business pretty dramatically um, is uh, from Michael Port. It's called Book Yourself Solid. A lot of people read that, you know, 10 years ago as they were starting service businesses and the thing that really fascinated me about that book was that it was the first time I saw group programs or the potential for group programs outlined in the small business space. Um, it wasn't specifically about group programs, but he, he used examples that were and did a lot of talking about his own mentorship program. And it was so fascinating um, that I it just changed my perspective. I like put the book down and I was like, oh my gosh, I totally see now my, my business and my life. Um, it impacted me so much. I joined his uh, mentorship program from the book, um, invested in him as a mentor. Um, very quickly in that organization, he uh, uh, let me start teaching back some of the stuff from Fortune 500. I became one of his top three elite coaches in that program. And so Michael's been a, you know, not only a, from a professional author perspective, but personal mentor in my life, who's taught me a ton about how to do things. And I would say the number one thing I got out of that book, which I absolutely loved, was this idea that there needs to be an alignment between the people that you work with and who you feel like you're meant to work with. Um, because I didn't really get that before. Um, I spent a lot of time in the financial services sector and I actually built up quite a very successful practice, you know, working with bankers and I, I hate bankers <laughs> like, I don't like working with them at all. And not like personally, I guess there's some no, very nice bankers that I worked with, but it's just not exciting to me. It's not something that, but, but for a long time, it was like, I felt like it was the thing I had to do because I had spent so much time in that industry. I wrote a book about it. Like, you know, I was being asked to speak all over the world on the subject and I kind of felt like I was dragged into it. And Michael's uh, uh, comment in the book, his quote in the book is, there are some people in this world you're meant to serve and others not so much. <laughs> and just that ability to like let go and be aligned finally to an ideal client was really life-changing. Even though it's a simple concept, for me, it was a really big deal. Yeah, I, I love that. I always talk about soulmate clients, like, mm -hmm. you know, especially for one-on-one -on -one or when you work, like even in a group program where you yeah, teach absolutely. life, right? If I wouldn't want you over for dinner, 
or hang out with you, then, you know, forget it. Like I right. point you to somebody else where you can get an amazing service and support, but I'm, I'm not the right person. And I'm so grateful that I paid attention because so many people are saying it that I can really say like I have not yet tapped into that issue of saying yes to somebody I didn't want to work with. So I'm really grateful for that. And then, That's you know, nice. this book then would be included <laughs> into the awesome teaching points. <laughs> and you, you have a really, really wonderful book actually for us, which people can find at frankbria.com slash black book, which is basically a 12 week course, right? It's, with- it's everything you would need to put a 12 week course together. Yeah, yeah. it's, we um, are, my team, me and my team have been able to kind of get behind inside a lot of uh, these group programs to see what processes they use that are working and not working. And um, so we've been able to distill from that sort of best practices, best practice processes. And and this is what's missing, I think, from a lot of people. Um, when they put a group program together, they go, well, I'm just going to put some videos up. We'll do a call once a week and ta-da, we're done. Well, it doesn't work. In fact, those programs tend to not work very well unless you've added additional support infrastructure. And so we talk about the the style of programs that work and uh, what you need to do, how you run it. And these operating procedures are literally like step one, step two, step three. Um, really good stuff from all over, entrepreneurs from all over who have taught us also about um, how they do things and 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 taught us what failed and what to avoid because it did work for them as well. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, I highly encourage everybody to go to frankbrea.com slash blackbook and to get your own copy um, because it's going to support you. I mean, if you play with the thought like you should be having a group ticket program that's high ticket, that's definitely the place to go. And if you have one and you might not be 100% happy with where you are, I'm quite sure you find lots of ideas to get to your next level by reading, reading the black book. Thank you so, so much, Frank, for having been on the show. I love the way you teach and the value you bring to the world. And just the idea of how to up-level your business by serving at the same time, even at a higher level, is just so intriguing. So I hope that people really take your advice and get on that high-ticket program journey. I will have all the links to you in the show notes, so it's just one click away. And yeah, thanks again for for having been here. Thanks so much. It was an honor to uh, be here. And uh, thanks for the conversation. It's been great. Well, don't you just love the idea of a high ticket program, especially if you are really, really booked with your one-on-one coachings? A high ticket program can really help you help your clients even more. And I love the idea that some of your superstar clients that have learned and incorporated everything you teach them can actually become teachers in your program to make your life easier. Well, what an idea. So I hope you are running with this idea. I hope you are inspired. Let us know if you have any questions, any comments, any feedback. Just email us to info at christineschlonsky.com and also hop on over to christineschlonsky.com for the podcast, the show notes, the transcripts, all the resources that are linked to Frank Bria, who has delivered amazing, amazing content. And um, also sign up for the sales 
Journaling to Success. That is a free online course I created for you, sharing the sales journaling prompts I have used to shift my mindset into a sales success mindset and to make millions selling high-ticket live events over the phone. So if you are interested in selling at all and selling without fear and really shifting that sales mindset that might not really serve you because sales still feels icky or pushy or salesy and just something repels you from selling, you really need to take this course. It's a free course created for you so that you can get rockstar results. You find that at christineschlonsky.com. Have fun with it. Thank you so much for being here today and have a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world. Bye for now.